I'm doing a podcast. Don't bother me. Hey, Dad. We're yeah, do you want to join us? <laughs> no, no. No? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the Cuisine Curiosity Podcast. I'm your host, Monica, and you are about to hear my first interview with a chef at Tip Cow, a Laos restaurant in D.C. Chef Bobby introduces me to Laos cuisine and talks about his passion for sharing the dishes of his family, what he thinks are the best eating utensils, and how a true meal is never complete without sticky rice. His family has four Laos restaurants in the D.C. and Northern Virginia area, which I have listed in the episode description, so please go check them out. All right, here it is. Welcome, Bobby. Oh, thanks, thanks for having for, me. Thanks for being on this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's just start by talking about where you're from, who you are, what do you do? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, my name is Bobby Prajith, uh, 25 years old, born and raised in Alexandria, Virginia, Northern Virginia mm-hmm. particularly. Uh I'm a cook. Uh, what we do is we we express Lao culture through our food, um, and yeah, we just we want to still we just want to be telling stories yeah. about the culture. Um, and uh, yeah, we're we're trying to grow. We just wanted to encourage everyone to come be interested in something new that we provide, but also uh, hopefully that we can also encourage other Lao American communities across the country to really do the same. Yeah, so I want to get into the Laos cuisine in a little mm-hmm. bit, but mm-hmm. first I wanted to ask, you went to culinary school, mm-hmm. what was that like, or how did that start, your interest in cooking and making it your your career? Yeah, I, I think I got, I got, I think I got started in cooking, um, there's a, I feel like there's a point in, in my life where I felt completely lost, I, I you know, I was, I think I was just, I guess, Americanized. Well, people feel that way too. Right. Yeah, that's common. Especially when you're, if you're, if your upbringing is in, you know, mostly in the U.S., mm-hmm. um, whereas your, our parents were, you know, once grew up in the country, but then they left for, you know, tried to have better lives. But, yeah, I think I was just really just kind of lost, and I just felt like I needed to find a way. Uh, I always loved the food, but I didn't understand how how do you take ingredients and convert it into something that's delicious. Oh, so you didn't grow up cooking, per se. No, I just, I just love to eat. Yeah, yeah, I just love to eat. Yeah, like, I feel like a lot of people go. do, right? And yeah. uh, I just... Uh, yeah, I love the food. Um, yeah, and I, I felt like that I, I have a hard time under like learning or understanding the language. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? Maybe what if I make food become my language? So I, that's how I, sort of started that that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but even before I cooked lao food, I felt like that I needed to build a foundation. So I went to my high school culinary arts program. Um, and, and that's then, what started your interest in culinary. Yeah, it's just like learning the basic, like how to yeah. pick up a knife, how to do knife skills and do basic techniques. My high school culinary instructor graduated from the culinary school that I eventually went after high school, mm-hmm. which is um, in upstate New York. Um, and the I CIA? Fe- is that the CIA saying? or yeah. Culinary Institute of America mm-hmm. in full length. But uh, yeah, it was uh, something that... Um, I feel like that going to culinary school which is kind of built upon this the initial skills level because I feel like the more I built upon that first I feel like when I can start learning law food I can have a foundation and a basic knowledge and then I can really kind of understand and kind of anticipate how these dishes would be like when I kind of work them out or even when I'm learning it from my parents 
um, or reading it from a book. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like not a lot of people know about Laos cuisine because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean I I don't really, yeah. um, but I know it's an Asian country. So mm-hmm. why don't you tell us about where where is Laos located? Yeah. Um, what's the whole cuisine about? And uh, yeah. So Laos is in Southeast Asia. Right. Um, it is above Thailand. Uh, it's a landlocked country, so there isn't any major body water around it. But mm-hmm. what goes through it is the Mekong River. Um, the food or cuisine particularly, it's similar to Vietnamese, Cambodian, and Thai, where we emphasize on a lot of like the herbs, the spice. So all um, the surrounding Asian countries just kind of influence it all. Each other, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that uh, ours is sort of, we specialize with the emphasis of like the funky flavors when I mean by funky flavors I mean by like something that is preserved or fermented just because Laos is a very like a poor country mm-hmm. so refrigeration was pretty scarce and so yeah just sense. like any other you want to pickle yeah. everything yeah so it lasts longer and I think what what fridge. what is I think what people eventually learn is that uh, what when something when a product is then goes through a certain process uh, they then realize something interesting that occurs like a like a new flavor uh a new uh essence that could imply to what laos cuisine is yeah um but uh laos was sort of like influenced by the chinese and the french so you see a little bit of those influences in the food for instance like we do things like using a wok which is very chinese but we used to use it. We also use that to make a fair amount of the dishes. Yeah, um, woks are common within yeah. Asian dishes. Yeah, in it's general, super so. quick. It yeah. gets really hot. Yeah, they're very fun as well. Yeah. Um, and then with the French, it's about uh, how to, I guess, balance flavors, but also bringing new ingredients and then it, it just implement it into mm-hmm. the food. Like for instance. Um, uh, like the French baguette, like in Vietnam, yeah. in Vietnam they have like the banh mi sandwich, which is right. what it's, a lot of us know. It's made with a baguette, yeah. Mm-hmm. But we in, in Laos they, we have a version where it almost is like banh mi, but has um, different ingredients or components. Oh, okay. uh, but yeah, that's kind of info. There's more to it, but uh, there the, with like the surrounding a- Asian countries, and then also with the Chinese and the French, I think all of those collectively kind of fuse what became yeah. Lao cuisine is today. Right. Yeah. So I guess going back to like the history of Laos as a country, it yeah. was colonized by France? Yep. Or? Yeah, it was okay. colonized by France at one point. And that's how it got the French influences and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Yeah, like there, there was a lot of heavily influenced. Like we have the Patusai, which is like the Arc de Triomphe. So we have our version of Arc de Triomphe in the capital, in mm-hmm. Vientiane. Mm-hmm. Um, they also like teach like the language. I think uh, I, my, my parents um, Do you said, know how to speak French? In, in Laos, yeah. they, that was the first language that was taught, mm-hmm. other than Lao language. Right. But uh, uh, but for me, I mean, in I guess in school, in culinary school, they they teach you kind of like terms. But you don't know how to speak French. No, I just <laughs> I remember this one time, like, I uh, came home from a break during school, and I just wanted to show off, so I started speaking a little oh. French. <laughs> and then my dad, or my father, started to whip out 
some of his French, and I just it just kind of blew me away, and I didn't understand why until he told me that in Laos that that was the first language. I didn't know that, wow, which yeah. was super fascinating. So you learn a lot. Even yeah. When you get older. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. About your own culture. Yeah. And also my parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So within the Laos cuisine, what are some food staples? Um, what are some main dishes that people should try who haven't heard about Laos cuisine or never been to Laos restaurant? Yeah, um, definitely one thing that I that we emphasize on is uh, it's called kanyo or sticky rice. Okay. Um, and it's that's very sweet or not. It's not. Um, I mean, it can be for dessert applications. They will add, uh, you know, sweeteners. But mm-hmm. it's just uh, a sticky rice is a high starch rice that is cooked by steam, so it's not in, really in contact with water. Oh, um, so it's a gentle cook. So it kind of the because usually when when rice are cooked with water, when it when it yeah. ripples with the heat, it sort of bounce off. The, the grains start to bounce off from each other, so it doesn't really have time to like kind of marry it together. Whereas with steam. It's, it, like it, it, it's a slower gentle so then the rice kind of like releases some of it but if it, it kind of sticks together so it's very prevalent and it's always have to be in every table and uh, the texture is still soft even though it's cooked with steam mm-hmm, soft and a little bit chewy mm-hmm. um but it also it, it becomes a tool because you use that to drag to a sauce or use it to pick up a salad right. and it, it's kind of it's, it's a little vehicle huh do, do you eat with chopsticks we use, yeah, we definitely use like spoons, forks, and chopsticks. Okay. Uh, that in case if it's like a noodle dish or a soup. Mm-hmm. But majority of the uh, other dishes is used eaten by hand. Um, okay. Yeah, just because like, I mean, utensils are here and there, but that's only if you are, if you have like good wealth in your family. Yeah, then you have those kind of like oh, small little things. Oh, that's interesting that they have that like, that concept. But that that's the best part. I feel like. I mean, people. Some people or some cultures say that you know food tastes better when you eat with your hands. Right. I mean, I don't particularly think so because mm-hmm. it just. I mean, it's the taste same, but I think it's more about the experience mm-hmm. than than to like you're you're kind of like you're you're kind of uh, almost like primal in a way. This yeah. is how like people have eaten way way back then, yeah. and it's just like you pick up the rice, and you just kind of it's I don't know it's very fun too. I mean, some people don't necessarily enjoy eating with their hands. It's just kind of a cultural thing, which is totally fine. Yeah. Um, we have utensils here to get them so they want to use them, but we just say do hey you see like people eat with their hands in the restaurant. Oh yeah, we do. Oh wow. Yeah, we okay. do. Some people are like okay, like they want to like get into her, but some people are like not they really, really want to experience it the it, real way. Yeah, exactly. Rather than like etiquette with your spoon and fork <laughs> yeah I've se- I mean I've seen many ways of how people eat the cigarettes and it's always been it's it's, it's kind of a fun thing to do I've seen people That's that would take the entire rice yeah. and they stab it with their fork and it's like they're eating like like it's a caramel apple. It's oh, like, right. yeah, <laughs> like that so that's yeah that's a staple dish so it's 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 like if you if you're a Lao family or a Lao cook and you're making Lao food for people but if you don't have sticky rice no one's gonna come Oh really? Because it has to be in because the flavors are so intense. Um, it's very bold. Rice is it's very neutral, so yeah. it balances off with the flavors of the food. And you can't use any other kind of rice like jasmine rice or. No, you can't. We do have that too. Oh, okay. Um, but sticky rice is the main. It's the main, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, another dish um, we have like this called tamakong, which is like a green papaya salad. So it's more heartier and vegetal in flavor, mm-hmm. um, and we add it. We make a sauce with like fish sauce and um, like palm sugar and lime juice, ter- terry tomatoes and garlic, and a little bit of chili. And then we pound it in a mortar and pestle, 
Um, it can be any more pretzels. I'm, like ours is like we use clay because we like the how right. how it um, how do you say, how the texture will react with like the material. Um, so it's it, when you it, it, we want the texture to be like half chewy and half cr uh, crunchy because on its own it's crunchy, but when you pound it, you're breaking those cell cellular structures, and then that's where you get those chewiness. So when you eat it, it's very it's very fun to eat because it's right. all those because it's fun getting stuff. all the the balance of all those textures and yeah. flavors that mm -hmm. you would get, yeah. like uh, crunchy, sweet, all that kind all of stuff. All the spice and the sour, the funk. Yeah, yeah. That's I, it. Really hits all the notes, and I think like when you when you have that as a first bite, you really get like uh, all those all those like flavor profiles, mm -hmm. and it makes like this like harmonious bite. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you can definitely. I, I think that's the best way to experience like mm -hmm. a dish when everything is all balanced. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite Laos dish? My favorite dish? Yeah. Uh, definitely. So we have a dish called Nam Khao. So it's a crispy rice salad. Um, basically, uh, it's leftover cooked rice that you that has been uh, mixed with red curry paste and coconut and herbs. Um, also with some eggs sometime and kind of like mix it together and then we form it to a, like a uh, like baseball size some people do like little ones like golf balls and then um, you'll fry it so it's almost like a fluffle in a way I see okay and then what we do is we take it out um, once it's like gets crispy and then warm all the way through um, we take it out and we put it in a bowl and we kind of put like a glove on and you like want to kind of break it up in your hands so you get like different um, inconsistent pieces and then you get mixed with fish sauce and soy and lime juice put tons of herbs like raw rum which is a Vietnamese mint regular mint um, uh, cilantro red onions green onions banana blossom which is the flower of the banana fruit uh, floral and bitter um, and we put a peanuts and a fermented pork which is ground pork with uh, lots of steamed uh, pig, strips of steamed pig skin and it's been cured with like a pink salt so it's like charcuterie but then it's like chewy and sour mm -hmm. and it gets mixed all those ingredients get mixed and then it gets served with lettuce leaves on the side so you eat it's like a lettuce wrap okay yeah. that sounds like such an overwhelming there's a lot of ingredients but like that sounds really the, good <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of ingredients and uh yeah, because it, it's it's even though it's like a fried dish right. with all of like the lime and the herbs, it's sort of a really, it really kind of uh, makes the dish lighter. Right. Even though like people say like it's oh it's a healthy it's really not healthy but it's it's a <laughs> it's, it's yeah it's fried but it has like salt and sweet, but it, it's it's definitely a light dish especially when you're eating with the lettuce wrap it just kind of it kind of refreshes the palate because. Oh, I see. The, so the, the sauces that we put into it is very intense, and so yeah. is the rice itself. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like with all these ingredients, it's very common within all the other Oriental countries and those Asian cuisines like Vietnamese and Thai and, yeah. um, and the Filipino cuisine as well, like fish sauce, vinegar, and all that stuff. What's something that isn't, that is very unique with Lao's cuisine that sets it apart from all those other cuisines? Um, so I definitely think it's just the, uh, I would say that we emphasize, again, I, back to what I was saying, we emphasize on like those fermented flavors. Mm -hmm. um, again, it's, it's something that it could last for a long time. It's shelf stable. 
and it just um, it adds something to our to the to our food that is very distinctive, but kind of different to other Asian cultures, but definitely with other cultures around the world. But uh, and again, our food has like we our food uses a lot of spice, so we use a lot of dried chili, so that our food can tend to be kind of packed with some heat. Um, definitely sour is a good thing. Like we like love sour, so lime juice, the tamarind, to um, even like the fermented sour pork. Like we love that. Even rice. So like rice, um, we use as a ferment, and that also fermented makes. Rice? Yeah. So it's we we do like a kind of like a like a white kimchi where it's basically we use rice as the main component. And what happens is, it's cooked rice that's been cooled, and you mix it with like normally with like mustard greens. And we put like sugar, a little bit of sugar, a little salt, and um, uh, minced garlic. And it, what happens is the rice eats the natural sugars and it converts to rice alcohol, which the alcohol then, if you let it oxidize, it becomes a vinegar. And then that's going to sour, that becomes sour, and that's going to sour or, or pickle, essentially, with the mustard green. And then that's, so when you eat the mustard green, it's like sour, but it's completely from the rice. So oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. So we do that a lot with like... Um, with fish, so it's almost like a dry ceviche, um, and we do the other types of vegetables. But it, yeah, it, the rice really does a lot of wonders, and it makes sour. So yeah, I think it's just the, it's it's very intense up front, but sometimes a lot of times, uh, if you were coming to the restaurant or if you were going to visit Laos, there's always going to be sticky rice or steamed rice or even just raw vegetables or steamed vegetables or just a, a bundle of herbs. There's always something that is like fresh but very clean that goes with the dish because that's it's it, they there's a reason why it goes to those things together because uh again the flavors are so strong that the more you eat it on its own the more that it could really over overwhelm your palate yeah. and it, it could it really could you, you could really get tired of it or your palate gets tired of it and um with that's why with those like the rice and the vegetables that's going to help to clean it so we in the restaurant we served out a lot with that on the side yeah, I think rice is definitely that one that keeps everything, like, neutral. Mm-hmm. Or it just neutralizes your palate, yeah. basically, because that's what you need. And yeah. I think that's why, well, not just why, but, like, with it helps with all the Asian dishes, because a lot of Asian dishes are like that, very intense. There's a bunch of uh, intense flavors and complex ingredients and stuff like that. Why do you think that Laos isn't as popular of a cuisine as, say, like, Chinese or Thai or... Japanese because you don't really hear oh there's a Laos cuisine yeah you know? um, I think in in Laos like uh, open, I mean restaurants are very common there but I think the Laos as a country is really small it's right yeah definitely right. small so very 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 compact um, yeah. but open restaurants are common but I, the, the profession of being a chef or a manager isn't really as high so I think that it's a, it's more of a cultural thing. So it's not something like oh I want to become a chef. They want to oh, own, own a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. So you in in in, in America like if if a family a Lao family does want to open a restaurant, I think because there's already at the time like there's already popular dishes as you said like Japanese and Chinese and Korean. That's already established. It's already established, and so yeah. they were, they they are even Thai as well. Like they they don't they don't feel like or we don't feel like that that. People would enjoy right. our food. Um, so what happened is they would open 
either of Thai, Korean, Japanese, or Chinese restaurant. They will open a restaurant that is nothing distinctive of our of what we are, but it's because it's it's something that they feel like it's more easier and also that they could have a good business because it's already established here. Um, there's even oddball ones like a Popeyes or like Peruvian chicken, oh, which okay. is that they will open anything. Um, but I mean, going back to like history, like a lot of Thai cuisine, like food wise. Uh, actually originated in Laos so if you were to go to oh, I didn't know that yeah so if you were go, if you were if you if people have been to Lao restaurant uh, sorry Thai restaurant essentially you've had Lao dishes you just didn't know because it's the way they market it is that is, is Thai. Thai food um, but I think that yeah so I think at some point like I feel like for me and also for my parents particularly my mother she's the one that's kind of started it she's also right. the chef I think uh, I don't know she thought want to give it a try she kind of got tired of it of, of cooking Thai food and she started it and it grew pretty rapidly and people enjoy it and the curiosity from from our guests has just been so massive that we felt like that we could do more and that's why we opened another restaurant in a city that is so young and so hungry and very driven to look for new things and I think that what we can we can provide it because there is no Lao restaurant in DC. In DC, right. So it's just, right. it was kind of, it was really no competition, but it was also <laughs> easy, but also definitely scary because, again, we weren't sure how people were going to react to our food. Laos, yeah, or going to a Lao restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, from, from this point on, like, we've been doing this for eight and a half years. Um, we've built such a tight, you know, supporting base of just amazing people who really had shown so much love from uh you know for us and we get to share it with them and we get to we get to really share with others and hopefully that we get to continue uh doing so until you know however long we can do it for (laughs) but at the same time that we want to encourage the law mayor communities across the country to look into our story and feel that Look, we're we're doing it. We've we worked a lot and very hard, and we got to a point where you know it's popular around here. But we wanted to create that same way for mm-hmm. other communities that yeah. are so unknown. So you're essentially like planting a seed, and then that's kind of how it starts. Especially with Filipino restaurants, I mean, yeah. Once there's like one popular Filipino restaurant in New York, and then now there's like a bunch mm-hmm. around there. And then now there's a bunch in DC. Yeah. It's, like, yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of the same. Like, all of these innovative uh, cuisines, like, trying other things other than the, the Chinese or the Thai, like, everything that they're familiar with or that they see everywhere, you know? Yeah, yeah. When you are able to create something with the assistance of the staff who work tirelessly to help that as well, and for me to come out and see people with such, you know, joy and happiness... Um, with the food, I think that's probably the best part. Um, and it helps because yeah. it's your own culture and what you identify with, so that's, you're just more passionate about it. Yeah, you have to really know. You have to really understand yourself, and you really have to push yourself at least to know your limits, but to know that how you can overcome your limits, and you can. I think that what makes you become stronger. I think that's what I've learned about being an owner is you have to realize that this is a business, and this is also my family's business that they started 
eight and a half years ago. So they, they, they already created the success. I'm just taking it over and I'm just con being consistent and continuing the success just or even or increasing it at yeah. least. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely, it's definitely a, a lot of stress to, to, to think about, but you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say like, I, you know, I'm, that, oh, this is too much. I can't do it. I'm just going to say, you know what? Like I'm going to figure out how to, how to do this. Yeah. So we want, when we want people to look at us saying that, oh, we're not like just pretentious restaurant. We're, we're very easy about it. We're very relaxed and we want people to feel it that way. Just have a great experience with yeah. um, Final question. If you were to sit down with someone dead or alive, who would it be? What would you be eating and why? Um, I would say um, I would love to sit down with the my family members, especially the ones that like my grandmother, my great grandmother, the people I have never met that already passed either before I was born or when I was too young to remember. Uh, yeah, I want to sit down with them. I want to understand more about, uh, like, about the family, and I, you know, the, the, I would say what would be on the table would be food that they would that they cook for their families, because I, I just want to. So it's more on a personal connection. Yeah. I did, I'm every day. I'm always just discovering more about who I am and where my family's coming from. Yeah. And I think it starts with your 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 family tree. So that's why I I, I would love to hear more stories and get to know them at least and yeah. just really signify like what our family is like. So, okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So thank you. I think that's all. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Yeah. <laughs>